Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the present moment and a new podcast with myself and my friend, Jonathan Udis. This is a fantastic episode. Jonathan is a very interesting guy. He is one of the head honchos and creators of Camp Mystic at Burning Man. Uh, We met over there uh, when I was visiting a friend and doing some workshops. Uh, This lovely human being, Gregario, is uh, a member of camp, and I was meeting my friend Alex Wawa, and there's a bunch of people over there, uh, good old hippies, and uh, you know, it's a mix, it's a mix of hippies and really, really successful people all over Burning Man, different camps, I call them different houses. Um, I was at Camp Walter this year, uh, it was a fantastic camp, fantastic group of people, I can't say enough good things about all the incredible people over there and the experiences I had. So um, Jonathan's an interesting guy in himself. He's done a lot of work. He's an acclaimed filmmaker, director, author, yogi, uh, all kinds of things. He has a very diverse and successful background. And we dive deep into this podcast. We talk about miraculous healing as he's going through some health issues. We talk about laws that govern the visible and invisible universe, different levels of healing, physical, mental, emotional, um, questioning the impossible. Exploring breatharianism, the ability to live without food or water, which, you know, I totally believe is true. I know people who can do it. I've heard of it over and over. I can't do it, uh, but I'm totally fine with that. So might be a bit of a stretch for, for some people, but I, it's going to come up more and more in the podcast. Uh, planetary celebration, the power of Burning Man, uh, utilizing the power of prayer. So this is part one of two. This is a fantastic episode. Um I had some feedback that some of the newer uh, episodes were a little bit more quiet. So if some of the recording is off or something like that, let me know because, uh, you know, I barely know what I'm doing. I just edit this in GarageBand after I record them and and uh, do the best I can to kind of shower it over the Internet so people can uh, learn from these incredible people. So if there's any feedback that you guys have, let me know. Um, I'm thinking about shortening the intro because the more that I do the podcast the more it's annoying to like put a longer intro in there so if anybody has any feedback or uh skills in how they think that i should you know create a new and upgraded short audio uh version i'm thinking something like you know welcome to the mastermind body and spirit show here's your host matt belair get a cool voice uh, i don't know you know it's uh it's infinite possibility and uh you know i just want something simple so it's a little bit more streamlined because i'm going to pump up a lot more episodes if you haven't noticed i have enough in here to do five a week for the next four months without recording another one um so i i have had to shift gears and focus on some other things but that's where i'm at so i'm stoked that i'm able to get these things out and um a couple people have reached out to touch base to give me a little hand here and there so i really really appreciate that um you know i'm kind of working through the people have reached out but if you've got you know simple web skill and graphic design skill i always need that uh just basic stuff because the workload is crazy 
uh, and, I, and I love it. Um, I'm just trying to deal with that and life and all this kind of stuff, but it seems to be working out. So super stoked and, and grateful for you guys, and I'm going to keep pumping out really high-quality episodes because I keep meeting incredible freaking people. Um, if you want to support the podcast and making that easy, uh, sharing it on Facebook, money, goal, thank you. Uh, re- review in iTunes really helps uh, because it, it kind of gets sprayed out to other places, so thank you for that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and do that and check out all my affiliates and sponsors over at mattbelair.com slash store. Most of them give you free stuff. So sync tuitions, three free, uh, binaural beat brainwave entrainment tracks. You could just use those three over and over again. That's totally fine. Uh, and they're very powerful. There's a lot of technology in there. I went to Estonia. They were a previous podcast. If you haven't listened to that one already, uh, but they are official. That is some next level brainwave uh, technologies. You got my boy with the essential oils, procabulary. You cannot go wrong with the Resonance Science Foundation, that group, and that they've switched it to a membership and they have an Explorer's Lounge. So you can check out the link over there and, you know, get into the Explorer's Lounge and look at this powerful group of people, you know, sharing modern physics, but also modern ideas. Uh, so that's it. There's more stuff over there and I'm kind of, you know, I'm meandering forward, doing what I can. I have an, a vision for how I want the podcast to go and, and uh, eventually I'll get there. But for now, just putting out quality episodes that you guys can tune into and hopefully enjoy and learn something from. So I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. I hope that you enjoy this episode part one with Jonathan Udis. But before we get into it, I just invite you to center yourself just to come to a moment of peace, clarity, and coherence, balance, and wholeness, as Seven Bomar says, who is also uh, a part of the, uh, over the affiliates. That guy is a whole nother level, so check him out. Um, but yeah, so all you need to do that really is just shift your attention. So just take in a deep breath in through your nose. Focus your attention on your heart. And then just start to think about all of the things that you're grateful for. Maybe it's your health, having a roof over your head. Maybe it's family or loved ones. Uh, Maybe it's the fact that you have eyesight. Anything will do. Maybe somebody did something kind for you. And just focus your intention on your heart. And then just imagine that you are a very massive, powerful, intergalactic spiritual being just this huge energy body and see yourself as this righteous spiritual being just emanating with this powerful orb around you just protecting you and just emanating love and peace and kindness to people who are 10 feet away 50 feet away 100 feet away your energy is just peaceful and coherent and loving and just see yourself as this powerful being now knowing that that is actually who you are when you choose to be in a state of coherence And then just send this energy and goodwill out to your community, to your family, your friends, to all the people who've supported you, to all the people who've challenged you, to all the people who've caused you harm, to all the people you struggle with. Send love to them, real love and coherence, knowing that they are a piece of you. We are all one. We are mirrors of each other. And so just send them love. Send send love to everybody doing harm on the planet. Now send that love all over the planet to all sentient beings, everyone and everything, even the plants and the birds and the rocks and the oceans. As you send that love, send it out to the galaxies. Send it out to the entire universe, just through your imagination. And there you go. So thanks for doing that with me. 
appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode, part one, with the man, Jonathan Udis. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a spiritual, evolutionary, and visionary filmmaker, director, author, artist, actor, ordained interfaith, interfaith minister, and certified yogi, Siromani. His film and television work as a director, producer, and writer has garnered multiple prestigious awards. In 1993, he experienced a series of spiritual awakenings, initiating an ongoing process of present moment awareness that profoundly inspires his artistic vision, personal and professional life. Since 1995, he has taught Kundalini yoga classes and led inspirational workshops to thousands of students throughout the United States. He is currently the president and creative director of Infinite Entertainment Now, a visionary and the co-founder of the Maui Film Alliance and Maui Spiritual Congress. He is one of the co-founders of Camp Mystic at Burning Man, which is epic, been there. His mission is to embrace, embody, and express divine consciousness through creativity, spirituality, the arts, and being loving and present. Welcome to the show, my friend, the man, Jonathan Yudis. What's up, brother? Aloha. You know, thank you for I don't know thank if the, you for having me. Yeah, brother. Well, I don't know if the audience would believe this, but I had to shorten so much of your incredible bio. It was such a an exciting experience to read through everything you've done. It's so deep and so vast. And um, you know, I'm so so grateful to have you on the show. We met um through just serendipitous uh circumstances at Burning Man. At Camp Mystic, which is is beautiful camp, uh, very profound. You put out a lot of uh, amazing workshops. I've had some incredible experiences there, and the people there are fantastic. So just thank you for coming on. And do you want to give a brief summary, if that's somehow possible, a little bit about your work, um, what you've done over the years, and, and what you're working on today so the audience can kind of catch up a little bit? Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so first off, um, thank you so much for, you know, doing your podcast. And I'm so glad that we connected and aligned. And thank you for having me as a guest. It's always good to be able to have an opportunity to chat and connect and I ideally share our truth and our experience. Um, you know, right now, I'm actually focused on a new book that I'm writing, which has to do with uh, miraculous healing. Um, and so that's a big part of my life right now is, uh, you know, just understanding truly what it is to be healthy and vi like have vitality and a living energy and um, how much how possible it is for us to really utilize the natural health and energy available to us. Um, so uh, that's that's kind of what's been occupying a lot of my consciousness over the last six months um and it, and it started with a with like in typical fashion as life happens it started with like a health crisis you know like where i ended up in the hospital 
and uh, I was diagnosed with a disease, uh, an autoimmune disease, and it just, you know, I, it was type one diabetes, and I found out that, you know, I was going to have to supposedly be on insulin for the rest of my life, and um, it just really, it was shocking because I've been healthy my whole life, and I've never dealt with anything like that, and. Um, but it was, it was honestly, I can say it was like one of the greatest blessings that I've ever received because I, it made me recognize the areas of my life that were not in balance. I think it's so easy for us to, it, as long as we've got some things that are, that we're happy or that are going well. And in my case, I feel totally blessed. So many areas of my life are just, you know, amazing and magical and, um, but it but it, it allowed me to kind of not look at the shadow side. It, it allowed me to not look at certain things and certain ways that I wasn't being loving to myself. And um, and so this has really given me an opportunity to clean up shop and take a brutally honest look at my life and myself and reevaluate and make new commitments to. Um, you know, not only living in, in a healthy way for myself, but understanding that, um, you know, we are living, breathing energy transmission centers. Uh, in my, you know, humble opinion, the greatest service that we can do uh, on the planet is to, you know, realize our totality, to realize our full potential, and to be vessels or transmission centers of, of the highest energy available to us. And that's not possible if you're unhealthy or imbalanced. You know, I mean, it's possible, but it'll be filtered, it'll be diluted. And so, um, you know, with all the other stuff I could talk about, you know, 20 years, 25 years in the entertainment industry and doing film and television. And um, of course, I would love and hope we can get into Burning Man and Camp Mystic and just all the magic and beauty and creativity and transformation, transmutation even that is happening through that, um, you know, to be really upfront, uh, you know, if you said what's really, you know, going on for me right now, it would be this new movement that I want to share with the world, which has to do with tapping into what I'm calling miraculous healing. And it, it, it's interesting because it has less to do with what most people would attribute to traditional miracles. Most people think of a miracle as, you know, something that just happens and that they have nothing, you know, to do with. But what I want to kind of expose or explore is this aspect that mirac miracles and miraculous healing is available to us all the time if we just know how to tap into it. Beautiful, brother. Yeah, I would love to dive into that. Um, I was thinking about a Wayne Dyer quote. He says something like, uh, I am realistic. I expect miracles, something something along those lines. And I'm reading, uh, it's a six-part six part, uh, series. So if you listen to the podcast, you probably heard me say I'm reading this book now, but it's six books. Um, it's the life and teachings of the masters of the Far East. And they do spontaneous miraculous healings they um you know they basically disappear and reappear just like in the autobiography of a yogi they do miraculous stuff you know like jesus did miraculous stuff water to wine and and healing people and all this kind of stuff but in the book when it does the miraculous healing 
it will always give you a page or two about why it's not miraculous. It's just scientific. And one of the concepts it brings up is getting aligned with the divine principle, basically nature or God or spirit. So when you, when you connect that that is a part of who you are and you can connect to that fullness and that resonance, then you can basically do what we would perceive as in the monkey mind or the typical consciousness as impossible or miraculous. Um, I don't know if, if that has anything to do with what your current research is or what you've been finding, but I would, I would love to know, you know, uh, what you found so far, because a lot of the people that go deep into this, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, he has some of the leading science on how people are curing themselves mm -hmm. through meditation and having Kundalini experiences, spontaneous healings, you know, curing themselves of cancer through meditation. And he had a catalyst where he had a bad car accident. And he was bedridden and he healed himself. So this is where we're forced to see what we're capable of. So it seems like you're right in the crux of that right now. And uh, I would love to Absolutely. dive into what, what you're uncovering. <laughs> Well, first off, I mean, totally, you're, you're, um, it's good to see you're not, not only understanding it, but definitely in alignment with the things that you're reading and researching on your, you know, what that you mentioned. Um, just as a little note, I love Wayne Dyer. I was actually friends with him. He was, uh, he spent a good amount of time towards the end of his life uh, here on Maui, where I live and spend a lot of my time and a uh, beautiful being and helped so many people. And, uh, and it was really funny because I met him, um, you know, in a, in some kind of a meditation sort of healing service. And he heard me talking about a time travel project that I've been working on, which kind of intersects with one of the other topics I was doing, um, this new technology for people to time travel in their consciousness. And I was presenting it at Burning Man and I had some of the beta, uh, technology that we were doing a seminar for. And, and he basically said to me, you know, could I, could I come and be a part of this? And I was kind of like, are you kidding? You're, you know, Wayne, you know, uh, you've been inspiring to me my whole life. I would, you know, be an honor to have you be a part of the time travel, you know, project. And so that began our, you know, friendship and it was really nice. And um, yeah, absolutely what you're saying. I mean, ex exactly what, I, if I had to sort of, uh, synthesize what you were talking about it, it has to do with this there's the visible universe and there's the invisible universe and there's laws that govern both you know and so the, it, the invisible universe is uh, is governed by you know what is often referred to as universal law but either way it's scientific and that's like yoga too like whether you're talking about bilocation or um levitation or telepathy all of these things that in traditional science it's unknown because it really hasn't been studied and explored but there are certain fields like uh, metaphysics and and yoga that have explored or are exploring these and you know once you understand them then there it's not as miraculous i mean the reason it appears miraculous is because it's uncommon and unknown and things that are uncommon and unknown, the only way we can explain it, if you saw somebody walking on water, as an example, you would either think, okay, that's a trick, I'm being fooled, or it's a miracle. But if somebody explained to you that there were laws that um, transcend traditional uh, physical 3D law, which is that, you know, something solid can't be on something liquid or, you know, it, it wouldn't work. But if you get to the sort of more subtle level of energy and you're transcending gravity, 
um, then that law, you know, it's like I said, the law becomes superseded. And that's what's usually happening in a lot of these instances. And you really tapped into it perfectly, Matt, when you said it's kind of all about understanding the truth of who we are, where we come from, and that and, and getting into that space and that energy. Once you can do that, it's almost like all bets are off in terms of possibilities. And and somebody might say, oh, this is really abstract and I, you know, I'm not into the woo-woo, but it, it has very powerful pragmatic applications, if nothing else, in the in the sphere of uh, medicine and healing. Um, you know, there's uh, when I was uh, talking once with um, Jaz Muheen, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's a famous breatharian. And um, so she was, you know, and, and she's received a lot of criticism from people that are skeptical about being able to live um, from just breath alone. Um, and the reason I'm talking about it is because what they, you know, in their skepticism, what they failed to really listen to was that what she's really trying to share was to help people. She was saying there's all these countries with little children that are malnourished and everybody thinks that the only way we can solve this problem is to feed them um, you know more food and there's a supply system and you know whereas in if if there was an understanding that energy and sustenance is possible from the ether from the breath alone then it could actually solve a lot of problems and heal a lot of people on our planet on a certain level so um, you know there's always a pragmatic uh, approach and and it, that that's important and that's what I want to focus on for me the healing it, it's it's really powerful because it, there's different levels of healing there is of course the physical healing and we are in physical bodies the physical body is our temple while we're here and the more e the more at ease your physical body is the easier you're going to get around and be able to function so uh and be healthy so that's really important but then there's also deeper levels of healing in terms of mental healing and of course spiritual healing you know healing for you know because you can have a healthy body but if your thinking is not healthy then it's a different form of suffering and and then you know beyond even your mind is your spirit and your soul and and and, and the health of your soul and the understanding of those three things kind of intertwined and coming together in a unified sense is what yoga is all about it's about that uniting of mind body and spirit and in a healthy way and that's again going back to the first point is is that's what brings us into our living the fullness of our potential and just being psyched and happy and joyous and um you know being able to contribute uh and which is which is i think at the heart of what most people want to do i mean it's funny because before we started the podcast um we were chatting and we were talking about how people think they want this or that but if it's not necessarily what they really want you know most people want peace of mind and they want to feel happy and content and they think that if they have certain things that's what'll happen and so they're going after the things when perhaps they'd be better off transcending and going for the thing that they actually want and then the things come along with it <laughs> so yeah yeah man i'm with you 100 percent what I'd love to touch on a, a little bit is the breatharian breath breatharianism thing, if I can spit it out, um, because yeah. I think that that's a really big step for a lot of people. You know, I find some people you'll say a comment to, and they're either going to accept it or fully reject it. 
what I can offer from, from my experience, and I'd love to have you touch on it, um, breatharianism, being able to live without food or water is 100% doable. Um, now, I don't know anybody personally that I've seen do it with my own eyes for seven days or a week, but what I can say is that uh, Yogananda talks about it in the autobiography of a yogi. There are groups of people doing it. And uh, Nassim Haramein, he doesn't talk about it a lot, but when I was in Egypt with him, he said he was a breatharian for two years. And he's an astrophysicist, not a guy who just says random things, uh, but likes to keep some of that really wild stuff out of the mainstream because, you know, he just wants to deal with the science and what people can understand. Um, but from your perspective, basically, you would agree in the sense that the breatharians are not eating for over 40 days or whatever we're supposed to live. And some of them I know are not drinking either. And there's a woman on Facebook that I messaged back and forth a few times because she was writing about how she wasn't eating or drinking, right? She's like, it's been four months since the need for food or water. And I'm like, what? You know, so I talked to her and either A, she's just this specific type of maniac that wants to just say this thing for no particular reason, right? Just to have some sort of weird, but then you read what she's posting about life and about spirit and about all these different things. And it's really aligned and really magical. So, you know, because that's a big thought, but if we can open up to these new realms of, of possibility, then we open up to more awareness and more possibility in our own life, similar to the four minute mile, it's not possible, but a much bigger leap in consciousness. So if that's possible, what the heck else is possible? <laughs> well, first of all, I love a great dialogue. I'm glad that we're going into this. Um, just a few things to note. One is I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Yogananda. Uh, Yogananda, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, please, please, please consider picking up a copy of Autobiography of a Yogi. That's the seminal work uh, by Paramahansa Yogananda, and it is a great introduction to yoga itself uh, in its true sense, and um, and it's a firsthand perspective. So you know, written by a yogi and and by an avatar, um, a prem avatar, an avatar of love, um, and you know, the great thing is it's also good literature or books are laced with the energy of whoever brought them, you know, transmitted that energy, whoever wrote them. So just by reading um, Autobiography of a Yogi, you also truly get to know this incredible being, Yogananda. And, I, and I'm mentioning it because I'm actually one of the films that I've got in development is a, a biopic. He's a based on his life and autobiography of a yogi. And I'm really excited about it. I mean, it gets into, I mean, these things that like you're saying, Matt, are, are just so unbelievable, but they, they happened and they're real. And, but also you get to learn about them and understand them. And, um, and then you also mentioned, it's funny, you seem to be tapping into my uh, entertainment realm too, because another project that I have in development, when I was younger, I was a runner. I was a three season athlete running cross country and indoor track and outdoor track. And so I feel like a lot of my spiritual upbringing and training was through running. And another project that I really want to do is about the, 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 the guys that uh, the competition that was going on at the time and the, the four minute mile. 
And it really had huge ramifications because just like climbing Mount Everest um, and, you know, there are certain things that people think are not possible. And when somebody does them, it, it's, it's less about the thing than it is about the collective consciousness recognizing, I thought that was not possible, but it is possible. What else is possible? And so that's kind of this uh, leapfrogging that we're always doing. And, it, you know, the question is, what, what is it going to be in our lifetime? You know, what is it? I mean, one thing that I would say has to do with um, interdimensionals or extraterrestrials and uh, UFOs. And, you know, it's an emerging field in, in the collective consciousness. And it's a really big one because for us in our current, you know, uh, epoch of time, the generation that we're living in, it would be it would be beyond the four minute mile, but it would be the equivalent. It would it would be that thing that everybody would say, you know, I thought it could be possible or some people would say, oh, I knew it was possible. And many people would say, oh, that's hogwash. But when it becomes a collective thing that everybody has to acknowledge, it touches us in, in our consciousness and our mind and in our hearts. And it opens up this it's sort of like this really deep invitation and into what is possible and whatever I thought I knew, now I have to recognize that I don't know. And not knowing is really the beginning of, you know, great growth for all of us. You know, it's like whenever you're confident and you think, oh, I know all this, it's like there's not much room to grow there. But when you come from a place of, you know, deep humility and you're like, now I realize I really, you know, I don't know, it, it opens you to what is possible. So anyway, just thought I'd start with that. Um, you know, for, for people that don't know much about breatharianism, I would say the way that I would explain it would be um, our physical bodies uh, are just, you know, they need to, they need to be sustained. They need sustenance. And traditionally, and by and large throughout history, the way that we do that in a physical sense is through food. But if you think about it, just imagine that I have an apple in my hand. I, I bite into the apple and the apple has, um, you know, water. It's primarily made of water, but it also has sugars and it, and, and it has different elements and nutrients, uh, vitamins and nutrients that go into my system. My system absorbs them and whatever my system doesn't need and can't use, it lets releases and whatever it does use, it becomes me. And, and that's how we live. So we drink water and we eat food of, of all different kinds. Ideally, we're going to be eating um, organic vegetables, organic fruits, um, nuts and seeds. You know, those are kind of like the staples of a really healthy diet. But whatever we're eating has some nutrients that give us life, that give us sustenance. Um, from a spiritual perspective, everything boils down at its core level to energy. So it's what we're really getting, what those nutrients are, are energy. And the breath is kind of the physical dimension, but on a, on a one step removed, like sort of etheric and astral and non-physical level, uh, what's inside breath is known in yoga as prana, um, but it's kind of pure life energy. And um, and then in like Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, it, it's referred to as key. So in different modalities and different parts of the world, they've always recognized that beyond the physical, uh, there's this energy. And so what breatharianism is in, in a very simple sense is, is it's a deep understanding so it's not like a belief if you're you know i mean belief is good but belief is neither here nor there but if you come to this understanding 
that what you're really sustained by is energy, and then it's just a matter of discernment. So you're discerning how to get that energy out of the out of uh, or the prana out of air instead of taking um, the energy out of an apple. But it's the same thing. So while most people would go and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a breatharian spends a conscious period of their day sitting in usually meditation and literally drinking this prana. They're taking in the breath, but what they're doing is a process to to take out of the breath that prana and give themselves the nutrients and what their physical body needs. So that's just a, I, I say that because a lot of people just don't even understand the concept. But if you think about it and you, if you could get past this idea that food and drinking water are the only ways that our bodies can get energy, uh, you know, we get energy from sunlight. And, and you know, HR, who's another very famous Indian breatharian, um, he, he's sort of more along the masculine principle of breatharianism and Jasmuheen would be more, I, I think, in, in the feminine, but they're like, it's like the yin and yang of breatharianism. Um, but they're both doing the same thing. They just have different technologies, different methodologies of taking the breath and absorbing the prana. And, and, and then using the prana for physical sustenance. Um, I was joking about it with my son. And, you know, the funny thing is, because he was like, Dad, even if I could do that, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> like, like of all the great you know, spiritual superpowers, that is not one I would want. And I totally relate to it because, you know, the last year, six months or so, I've just transitioned into veganism. I was vegetarian for a long time, but there's a lot of, there's, there's so many ways that you can be, vegetarianism for me was about not eating animal meat. That's really what it was about. It was less about focusing on my physical health and eating all this amazing healthy food. It was like, I'm not going to eat, uh, I don't want to eat stuff that takes the life of animals. So that's good. And it certainly, you know, has its karmic benefits, but it's easy to eat in a, a non-healthy diet physically even if you're a vegetarian. I find that when you do the vegan thing and you cut out you know, all forms of dairy and other stuff, it, it, it pushed me further in a direction of actually focusing on what am I eating? What am I consciously putting in my body and getting the good nutrients? And so, yeah, I mean, and the reason it's all tied together is because just being a vegan, gluten-free and, and kind of focused more on a raw, raw foods diet, there's it does make it a little bit trickier when you're out with people or going out to restaurants and everybody else is focused on food in a different area uh, or or in a more you know common realm and so breatharianism is is a whole radically another step removed imagine every time you are out with people and they're eating and drinking and it's a big part of our lives and and you you know you you're just sitting there like no i'm i'm good it's all good you know so it has its great benefits and and energetically and uh but but also i i know a lot of people wouldn't necessarily want it but is it possible and my yeah absolutely i've actually met people that have succeeded with it and um, there's another really good quote that I just saw the, the film, The Song of Bernadette, and the opening of the film that says, um, you know, for those who believe in, I think it's either God or the divine, you know, no proof is necessary. And for those who don't believe, no proof is sufficient. And I think that with a lot of these realms, it, that's a very true quote. What it's really saying is, 
you know, some skepticism in science, including the yoga or science of yoga is great. Skepticism is very healthy because, you know, it should be shown and demonstrated and you should know it, but it's a healthy skepticism. There should always be an openness to what is possible as opposed to coming into something like that's not possible because that's not open either. It's, it's one thing to come into something neutral um, and that's a big part of, you know, going full circle to what I'm trying to bring out when it comes to healing is that, you know, a lot of people are told this or that by their doctors and it starts from this level of, of, of this, you know, a non-possibility. And that's a very destructive thing to your mind and to your health and well-being. You should not let anybody else tell you what is or isn't possible. That's why we're here in, in alive is to discover for ourselves from our own direct experience what is possible. Yes, brother. Man, yeah, you dropped a lot of wisdom in there. I was I was wrapping it all up in my mind as you as you closed closed the thought. Um you know, I really appreciate what you said on breatharianism because I think that quote that you said is really valid. You know, I found when you use the extraterrestrial example, you know, exploring the pyramids with uh, physicists, astrophysicists, geologists, what what they all seem to have no issue with is that the traditional story is ridiculous. Um, and what if you look at the hieroglyphs and cuneiform out of Samaria, it talks consistently about sun gods. Um, and so there's a lot of evidence that show, hey, you know, maybe our history isn't exactly what we're told. Um, and if you can explore the idea with an open mind, uh, maybe you'll learn something. And and what it makes me think about is uh, I'm going through this course. It's G Life. This guy, Core Love, is a really interesting guy. And one of the segments is the formula for truth and basically what it is is you have your it starts with one step one is you have your own belief system your own prism right step two is somebody else has their own prism their own belief systems so there will be conflict right aliens exist aliens don't exist whatever right um so then step three is you either choose the person so i I choose your point of view, Jonathan, that breatharianism is possible, right? Or I choose my my belief and like, you know, I'm just going to hold in this and I'm not going to, um, you know, accept your belief. Then step four is taking an action that you wouldn't, that you would, that would embody the other person's belief to, to test something out. Um, and then, and then that would integrate the new information. And he also shares it on like a zero to 90 degree scale where let's say breatharianism did exist or didn't exist. Or you have a person who's, I like, you know, I use like super racist or mother Teresa and, you know, you, you know, I'd be like, Matt, there's nothing I'm going to get from like this racist or this mass murder or whatever. But for whatever circumstance, if you were in that, um, position where you were listening to them, if you open up to the whole scale of zero to 90 degrees, maybe there's a nugget at like, you know, 95.2 degrees, that's going to expand your consciousness. You don't take the whole thing. You're just opening up to the information. And it doesn't mean you just go from one belief to another belief. It just means that by closing down an opposing view, that isn't something that came out of your unique experience and just saying that doesn't exist you've just shut off 45 degrees of a zero to 90 degree chart of another person's experience that they've had 
And so for me, you know, when I, when I'm talking to you and I, and I'm talking to people who have done it, I'm more inclined to believe the person when I'm looking at their face and they don't seem to have an agenda for why they would lie to me. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to add that on. And, and if we can just be a little bit, I, I guess, more trusting in a, in a, in an insane world, this is maybe challenging, but open up to the information and then discern it. Um, so yeah. I don't know if you wanted to add on to that or, or I was going to ask you another question, but let me know. Uh, well, no, I, yeah, I mean, again, going back to this topic of, you know, I, I, I'm seeing a lot more on television and media, there's ancient civilizations and other shows. And to me, it, like, I just want to tap into it again. It's, it's a really big one, this aspect of extraterrestrial life and, you know, uh, and our, how we're connected to it, whether or not these beings have been and are on uh, and a part of our current life on earth and the reason to me it's such a big one is not only in the sense that you were saying in that let's really take a full look at our history uh and and you know the evidence that's sort of already right in front of us on the planet uh one of the, one of my favorite things uh, from the the book uh sun food diet by david wolf uh, avocado wolf is is that he says in the beginning he tells like i think it's a greek story and they're trying to hide they're taught that the the deities are trying to decide how how they're going to hide the, the biggest secret in life which is you know which in his book he's referring to the secret of uh, plant food and raw food and superfoods and sun foods and how you know that's the key to life and one person says, one of these uh, deities says, well, we should hide it on the, on the top of the highest mountain because they'll never get there. I mean, it's just, and, and so they're like, okay, maybe. And then, and then another says, no, 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 they'll eventually be, you know, come up with, they'll be determined and they will climb and get there. And so the other deity says, let's do it at the bottom, the, the furthest nadir or low point of the ocean because it's dark and cold and they don't have equipment or they won't be able to get there. And then, um, you know, somebody else kind of counters that and says, eventually they're going to develop technology and they're, they're going to explore and they're going to want that. And then the person, the, the last deity says, um, there's one place which is better than uh, any of those, than any of your hiding places. And, they, and they, they say, where is it? And the answer is, let's not hide the secret at all. Let's just not hide it. Let's put it right in front of them. And and that because they'll never discover it because it's right in front of them. And so that's kind of, the, you know, the way that he was presenting, you know, health and diet and food, you know, which is right in front of us. But but it doesn't mean everybody's going to see it and understand and use it. No, it's it's kind of like that was what he was saying is here. I'm having to write a whole book to try and explain to people the secret that we've been missing, which is you know, the, the key to our health and well-being and, you know, realizing our potential is right in front of us. And it's been here all along. And whenever I'm outside in nature, I don't know, I, you know, I'm sort of an exception because uh, I'm always perplexed from the other side. You know, to me, 
life is so dynamic and multidimensional and it, it always has appeared that way to me. And, uh, you know, whether you're seeing beings that are, you know, in their non-physical, whether it's their astral or etheric bodies or extraterrestrials, whether, you know, physical or in non-physical form, this, you know, when I look at the ants, I just go, all you have to do is go outside anywhere, look at the ground, take a scoop of soil and you will find life there will be either ants or bugs or you know life is all pervasive it's all around us and when i just start to look at any of it i, I when i look at a flower i i see this you know all the in the infiniteness of life and so to me it's perplexing how people are resistant to this idea uh, the good thing about modern science is that it's really started to point out um statistics which people kind of take in a little better they're just saying well let's just say there's you know the planet earth and we exist and let's just forget for a second that we're human and imagine that outside of you know the milky way galaxy to the rest of the universe we would be extraterrestrial because we're living and we're from this other planet and and they've statistically proven that just given the number of stars and galaxies that we know of there's over a billion earths out there uh, though we have not you know formally in a traditional sense or in a known sense uh, that that everybody agrees on uh, gone out and sort of explored they they say you know the telescopes can see all that so at least statistically we're getting to a point where and it helps people open their minds to this possibility of life and and then you know you were talking about earlier the different for levels of evolution so if you could just for again step outside of the traditional natural perspective that we have which is that we are the highest evolved beings i mean i think that you know we, you could look at it that way, but you could also see that our planet is still, you know, suffers in a lot of way from problems. We have, uh, in a global sense, we're still not necessarily getting along with each other or living harmoniously and sharing and utilizing our resources in a sustainable way. So there's a lot of, um, I mean, Dr. Stephen Greer talks about like his dream is is for humanity and the planet Earth to get above uh, what would be considered a level or a tier one form of evolution. Like uh, tier one is basically a threat to ourselves. And so for more highly evolved beings, they're not supposed to really, in that sense, get involved with tier one evolved species because it's almost like, it would be like going to a really bad, an area where there's warfare. And if you're not involved in it, would you really voluntarily want to go into the war zone? You might not. You might just say, let me let them work out their problems. And once they're at the point where they can be peaceful and not attack us or not see us as an enemy, then we'd be happy to be friends. And then, you know, you've always got renegades, though. You've got these amazing um, benevolent beings that are, are like, no, let's be a part of this game and let's help them out. Let's help show them, you know, guide them, help show them the way. So there's a lot going on in that sense. It's a great to me, huge topic. Um, and, and one in which I'm definitely very involved with. Uh, but I think the most important thing of all is the same point, because it goes back to that point of healing, which is 
the most important part is this aspect of humanity um, opening up to the possibilities. You know, that's what's really important because once we let go of what we thought was impossible and, and start to be open to what could be possible, that's where real change and transformation happens. Not only, and again, I said like it can happen personally, you could have a disease and heal whether it's spontaneous or over time. But uh, it, it, to me, that in and of itself is, is miraculous and incredible. And there's so many people that are not balanced and healthy that have disease that just that application alone would be incredible and life-changing and, and it would really change our planet. But then techno, you know, a lot of people are very concerned right now about the toxicity on the planet. You know, they're saying there's all this nuclear stuff and you know, the oceans are filled with plastic and, you know, and, and, and I don't ever want to discount that because observing how things are right now in this moment, there's, there's truth to it. But if you open up to the possibilities, especially in these realms that we're talking about, like with energy, then, you know, the possibilities are, you know, zero, zero energy, you know, like imagine if we no longer were dependent on electricity um, in the traditional sense, you know? And uh, so if there was no plug in electricity, that technology is actually available right now. I mean, people need to open up to it and it needs to go public, but that would change the world. And there's a lot of healing technologies that are also on the cusp and really the biggest uh, detriment to them really emerging on our planet is people themselves from an inner sense, being open to the possibility. Once people are like, oh, it's possible, all of a sudden this stuff, it, it's like a flower that blossoms. So I hope that makes a little sense. Okay, that wraps it up. With the man, Jonathan Udis, I hope that you enjoyed that. We dive even deeper into part two and... Uh, you know, continue exploring more of the same, getting Jonathan's unique point of view, really fascinating stuff. Uh, he's done a lot of work and, and just a really good and interesting human being. So stoked to have him on to share his wisdom. If you like the podcast, give us a share, you know, on the social media. That That's the best thing, sharing it in your Facebook or somewhere on the social media. So, you know, people look at it. And, uh, you know, if you're out there, tag me on Instagram. Let me know where you're listening to the podcast. That's always fun to see people from around the world. It's mostly Canada and the States, but, you know, there's some Euros out there and some random countries too, which I love. I find it fascinating. Uh, but it's growing. We're doing it together, and I appreciate you guys um, coming along and, and exploring these concepts with me and, and taking the time to listen and giving me your attention. I value that, and, and my intention is to serve and support you in every way because our attention in this information overload is everything. So thank you for that. Um, be mindful of the social media as in where you're distracting yourself. That's a big problem these days of just constantly checking Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I really wish I didn't have to post everything there, but uh, kind of locked into my computer way more than I want and missing nature dearly. So I'm looking to remedy that instantly. Um, but yeah, be aware of that, you know, limit it, get, get in touch with yourself, nature, meditate more, you know, get those sync tuition tracks. They're free. If you don't meditate or look up YouTube, free meditations. Um, I have the heart journey daily meditation. You can check that out. So lots of amazing resources out there. And, um, 
And yeah, uh, for those of you who want coaching, I've had a few more people, you know, that's that's uh, growing a little bit. So any of you who, you know, want to explore some coaching and taking your game to the next level, uh, the way that I work is very interesting. It's very different, uh, but it definitely puts the ball back in your court. And we, we really get to the core values of life and living and how to achieve our highest potential. And that's what it's all about. And it's there's no remedies. There's no secrets, although I've pretty much done every process under the sun and I continue to learn my butt off. And uh, it really comes back to simple, applicable steps that are not mysterious. And, you know, we really get you clear and and focused on what is most important and then create a plan to get it. And then, you know, just just support getting there. That's it. Just one human to another. So if you want to check that out, let me know. Uh, be happy to support and that's it so just before we get off the line for for part one here i just invite you again it's kind of become a pattern to uh just do these focusing things i have no idea how many people come along but you know whatever if you're doing it front and end then you know we're we're doubly coherent so i'll just keep putting them out there for whoever wants to but uh just to invite you to stop whatever you're doing just take a moment wherever you are even if you're public even if you're walking down the street in the middle of a busy city who cares that's it's even more important people see the coherence wonder what the heck but they can sense it because we can feel each other because uh, we're incredibly powerful and we have that ability so wherever you are just stop taking a deep breath in through your nose just set your intention to come to peace and come to quiet your mind and focus on your breathing And just imagine white, powerful, golden light comes down and charges through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. And this light pulses to the center of the earth and the earth gives back the energy to you as a part of the earth and all things. And it's just sending you its love and support and coherence. And just imagine this powerful energy field around you just emanating like a Taurus with you at the heart and your heart at the very center. And as you receive this energy from source and the earth, just imagine one thing you'd like to bring forth. Maybe it's a relationship or, you know, a more ideal job or a more ideal living situation. Just imagine for a second that, you know, your wildest hopes and dreams were to come true. Just imagine and daydream for a second. And as you daydream of what a perfect day would look like or bringing forth that one thing you're really trying to manifest, Just imagine that the universe is on your side sending you love and support. The earth is on your side sending you love and support. And I am definitely on your side sending you love and support and all of my energy and goodwill and just, I don't know, what's another word for support? Just enthusiasm for you to bring that forth as your own unique creation. And so just imagine having that as an experience now and noting that the universe does support you and it does support you being on the planet and appreciates you. So that's it. Um, Remember that you are loved, you are whole, you are balanced, you are perfect as you are. Thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you in part two.